It's the Muppets Minute Show with hosts Nick and Andy. Yay! Yay! It's time to talk about the Muppets movies minute by minute. Today we're talking about Muppets Take Manhattan, Minute 92. Minute 92 starts with a credit for Dave Goals and ends with a credit for Chris Chadman. All right, Andy, you ready for my random uh, side conversation here? That Always. has nothing to do with anything. All right. So if you look at the New York skyline and you kind of just, you kind of pick a point, like, I don't care where you're looking, pick, pick one of the lights that you see. And if you go through the entire minute, you'll see like, like some of the lights come on and off multiple times within a minute like those lights and and that's in the exact same spot and those lights are windows right like they're 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 in a building it's this i mean maybe we're far enough away and they're different rooms they could be but they don't seem like it like is that somebody just flicking a light switch on and off but i don't understand why it would be happening in you know, buildings. I wonder this all the time because I feel like this happens in every movie about New York. It does. Every, every time you see the skyline of any place, any big city, you see the lights flickering on and off. And I always wonder that. I go, oh, okay, so are 10 people coincidentally just deciding to turn off their lights and go home? What is happening? So I don't know. To answer your question, I have no idea. You're right. I mean, what are the odds? I mean, I guess that's hundreds of people so thousands yeah. of people so you know it's people one of those things i try not to think about too hard because my brain will break yeah yeah i mean, I mean it's just like I, I get if like cleaning crews are in there and they're going into a room turning the light on or off or but it's just so weird when the same window just blinks on and off yeah Yeah, I mean, you could also say that maybe it was just, it's just like a flickering, like there happens to be some sort of flicker happening in the photography. I don't know. It could be a tree branch. A tree branch way up, like 20 floors up. Birds. I don't know. Uh, It is a movie mystery. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, it's not possible it's digitally put in to give it movement, right? Like, that'd be ridiculous. I don't even think they were doing that in the no. 80s. So well, I got to say no, unless it's some sort of matte painting type thing yeah. that's happening. Well, they did make a horse spring wings at the beginning of the movie. So, Well, that's true. But has yeah. that animation? I don't even know if, how they do that. You is said that it was animation, yeah. The way are you talking about like the Columb like what is the it? TriStar. TriStar. Yeah. I have no idea, Nick. I've never thought about it before. How they mm. when did that logo begin? What year? I don't know. And how did they do that? I mean, it's some kind of animation, but I don't think it's computer. Yeah. No, you said you, you when you saw it, you said it was cell animation. Yeah, it's gotta yeah. be. It's gotta be, because I don't think like I said, I don't think they're doing anything digital at this point. But I don't know. Man, I don't know. All right, so we have the um, credits for Dave Gulls, Steve Whitmire, uh, Richard Hunt, and, of course, Jerry Nelson. Um, any, any thoughts there before we go on? We, we know that uh, Dave Gulls did Bill the Frog and Steve Whitmire did Gill the Frog. 
Well, and Dave Goals is obviously Gonzo. Oh, of course. But I mean, Gil the Frog <laughs> was the, or excuse me, Bill the Frog was the uh, scene stealer. I mean, yeah, he de- he was. Uh, yeah. I mean, they're great. I don't really have a whole lot to add that we haven't yeah. already added. It's interesting the order uh, Steve Whitmire gets in there before Hunt and Nelson. Um, yeah. Which I don't know if he did before. And then. You know, his credits for Rizzo and, and Gil. Um, Whitmire so ultimately does Kermit, right? He does. He, he does. And uh, he was. Does he do him currently? No, he was like, oh, a few years ago. Now it's okay. um, Vogel. Is it Matt Vogel? Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Probably have people yelling at me. His first name might not be Matt, but I think it is. <laughs> it is. Uh, I'm sure there are people constantly yelling at us. It's okay. Oh, all the time. All the time. <laughs> I mean, you know, we don't say it enough. We're not experts. We're just fans. Exactly. Uh, so uh, neither of us have an encyclopedic Muppet knowledge database in our head. Uh, we get to the credits featuring Juliana Donald as Jenny, Lonnie Price as Ronnie, and Louis Zorich as Pete. So um, let's give some final final thoughts on the performances. Let's start with with Jenny. I, I think she was absolutely perfectly cast. She has just the right demeanor, just the right attitude. I loved her enthusiasm, and I, I thought she did an amazing job. I agree. I think she was great. I, I feel like she, in terms of the human actors, was the best one in this movie. Yeah, yeah. I, I see. I'd give the nod if we're if we're doing that. I'd give the nod to Dabney Coleman. I just I think his performance as as small of a role it was. Um, I and I know it's I guess a cameo, but I mean like he's my favorite performance of the movie. Like, yeah. I mean, I I don't I don't disagree with that take. He he's he's phenomenal, but I just I feel like Jenny gets the nod because she had more to do. So mm-hmm. here's that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just the right uh, the right amount of compassion, I think, too. And she played the part right. I I feel like she like because there was that whole what's you know what's Kermit thinking? What's what's her intention um, with Kermit? what's piggy thinking and everything. And I feel that really when you take the movie as a whole, she played it all really correctly and right. Like her instincts yeah. on how to play that role or the direction from Frank Oz on what, you know, how to play what he wants out of her was, was really spot on. Um, Ronnie. Um, I have mixed feelings about Ronnie. I, I, I think he looked the part, um, I feel like at times he didn't give a reaction to what was going on or to the Muppets the way I feel that was best at yeah. the time. Like, I feel like sometimes his choices weren't necessarily the best. I feel like I still feel about him the same way I did before is that I think he was miscast. But here's the thing, like if he was miscast, I feel like Jenny was miscast. So and and she did a great job, whereas I don't necessarily think he did in terms of the way his part was written. Like, I think the actor did a great job, but like we always agreed that we think this role should have been played by somebody much younger. Mm. 
Um, and but but remember we were talking about how we all we both thought that Jenny should have been like maybe nineteen or twenty, and I don't know how old that actress was, but like she just seems to be older. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like maybe if both Ronnie and Jenny were played by nineteen-year-olds, the entire read of the movie would have been better from that angle. Yeah. I really think that. And I feel like if today, if the movie were being made today, they probably would have gone that direction. Um, but yeah, I, I just think that there are a lot of actors and actresses that can play younger that maybe these actresses or actor and actress weren't necess- they weren't looking for that. I don't know. To me, they look at least mid-20s. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I feel like these, especially Ronnie, it should have been a younger character. So I don't know. I can't really fault the actor for that because they cast okay. him. You know what I mean? So yeah. no, that's yeah. fair. Um, I, I one other thought on the two of them together. Um, I I don't know if I want to chalk this up to chemistry per se, but uh, I I will say after again after watching the movie as a whole as an adult, I look at it and I'm like, I wish they picked a direction and either leaned more into them. Uh, Jenny and Ronnie possibly for, coming together and forming a relationship and, because it seemed pretty obvious at the end, the last few scenes, like, oh, they're together. Mm-hmm. But we didn't see that. So, like, either lean into a little bit heavier that development or don't do it. I, I feel it's a little bit kind of weird at the end seeing them Yeah, together. it wasn't quite earned. I yeah. I can agree with that. I mean, I don't get me wrong. I mean, they're not the focus of the plot. No. So uh, the, the idea that this thing kind of happened behind the scenes and it's not important to anything. It's just something that kind of happened. And if you notice it, great. I kind of dig that because I like the idea that you have to look for it. You know, yeah. I always love movies and films where they make you work for it. And so I part of me kind of digs that you know what I mean I'm like oh because I like I said I never really picked up on all these little tiny things that we noticed watching this like I didn't notice like on all the little hand grabbing and all the little like slight like next scene it's kind of escalated and then the next scene it's kind of escalated like I didn't notice that before and I noticed hand grabbing yeah and I noticed it this time and I felt this time watching it I was like wow okay I'm shipping it it's okay all right you do your thing and this is like happening in the background it's not like I'm focused on it it's not like a major plot point or anything but it's there and Mm -hmm. it's kind of cute so I'm okay with it and then Pete Pete, uh, I mean, absolutely perfect. I mean, he delivered his lines so well. And so to find somebody that can interact with the Muppets so perfectly, he just, he just delivered everything so matter-of-factly. Like, like, he has these creatures running around, and it was like, yeah, no, I'm just running my diner. Just whatever, whatever you are, if you can help me. Um, and then to deliver those wacky lines, peoples is peoples and all that fun stuff. Yeah. Peoples. I think a C- we need to make a t-shirt that just says peoples is peoples because I think that that people would get that. Yeah. I, I really do. Yeah. Um, it's, a, it's really like the dialogue was written for him. It really felt that way. Like just the way he was able to deliver well, those weird lines. Can you shout out all these actors again, since you have them up in front of you? Or do you have them up the in three? front? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Juliana Donald, mm-hmm. Lonnie Price, and mm-hmm. Louis Zorich is Pete. Okay. Zorich does sound kind of like a Greek name. Yeah. He must be a Greek yeah. guy because I feel like they, they were leaning into the Greek. We were talking about that earlier. 
in their restaurant. So that's cool. I like it. Yep. Uh, next, we have the credits for the cameo guest stars. Art Carney, James Coco, Dabney Coleman, Gregory Hines, Linda Lavin, and Joan Rivers. Before we talk about them, though, I just want to say there's a secondary credit for surprise cameos. Are you serious? I'm actually not looking at it, so you're going to have to just tell me. So there's, there, there, there's the cameo guest stars who I just mentioned, those six, and then surprise cameos, Elliot Gould, Liza Minnelli, and Brooke Shields. Uh-huh. And then there's a with credit with Francis Bergen, uh, the Honorable Edward I. Koch, and John Landis, and Vincent Sardi. So there's what qualifies of, as a surprise. I don't know. What does that mean? Elliot? Wait, are they on the poster? We got to pull up the poster and oh, see who. Oh, you're probably right. I don't have internet, so you're going to have to do it. How are we talking? Well, I mean, my, I don't I'm mean kidding. I don't have, I don't mean I don't have internet. I just mean it's very slow. It's like not loading for me. Wait, here we go. Okay. It is loading. Suddenly, it's decided to load. I bet you're right. Yep, you're right. Those six are on the poster. Are the ones that the main ones that they named first? Okay. Right, yep. So these are the ones that were pimped out, so to speak. Like, hey, these are the ones in the movie. And then surprise is like, okay, we don't know. Got it. Okay. Well, that makes sense. I don't know what qualified whom as a build cameo and a surprise cameo. You got to have a little bit of both, I guess. But, you know. I actually yeah, no. really like uh, you like Dabney Coleman. I really like the Gregory Hines cameo. I think other than like I mean Joan Rivers is fantastic and I feel like that's the obvious choice, but I really personally like Gregory Hines because I always just remember him saying, "You gave her the huggies." The I don't know huggies. why. That just always stands in my line in my mind is yeah. the the line about the huggies. I don't know. I really loved him in this. Yeah. So he was he was my favorite cameo. Yeah. Yeah, Ellie, Ellie Gold, like, it, it's funny. He's the only one that's been in two of them so far. Um, but he, uh, he, he didn't even have a speaking line. He just walked into the diner as a cop, and that was it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember we weren't, like, at first I wasn't even sure who he was. I was like, wait, is that? And you're like, yep. <laughs> so it was just so brief. It was super brief. Yeah. Um, so I, I want to talk a little bit about the cameos that never were but could have been oh no uh so uh this uh, comes from uh the muppet wiki which i think this was actually pulled out of uh like a muppet newsletter or something i think that's where the original credit to this goes um but i'm gonna i'm gonna read this here uh it says once the script was completed and the sets were built Special consultant David Mish was brought in to write cameos for, for some guest star appearances. Originally, this list of guest stars contained the likes of Dustin Hoffman, Steve Martin, uh, Michael Jackson, Lily Tomlin, Richard Pryor, uh, Lawrence Olivier, to name a few. According to Mish, uh, Hoffman was going to play a Broadway producer and planned to do an imitation of legendary film producer Robert Evans, who produced The Godfather, which he later did in the film Wag the Dog. 
However, at the last minute, Hoffman decided that the role could be offensive to Evans and dropped out. Following which, all the other big names dropped out as well. Because of the dropped cameos, Mish and director Oz ended up rewriting most of the film's dialogue. Wow. Well, I wonder what the other cameos were going to be. I don't know. You know? I don't know. But Michael Jackson. Oh, Michael yikes. Jackson. Wouldn't that have been interesting? Michael Jackson in a, in a Muppet feature film. You know, silver lining that that didn't end up happening. Because <laughs> we would have some problematic uh, things to talk about that now we don't need to talk about. So moving on. It would have been amazing. Okay, Richard Pryor isn't problematic. Okay. No, no, no. I wasn't suggesting he was. I feel like Richard Pryor and Lily Tomlin, I would be amazed if you told me right now that they were never on The Muppets. So were they never on The Muppet Show even? Um, on The Muppet Show? I yeah, were they, ever, were, were they ever Muppet cameos? Because I well, feel like... Richard Pryor was in Muppet Movie. Oh, you're right, you're right. But what about Lily Tomlin? Lily... Muppets. Let's see. Yes, she was definitely with the Muppets. Okay, uh, it seems like she I've, would yeah, do it. I've kind of could picture it in my head. Um, she appeared in, yeah, multiple uh, season. She was in okay. Sesame Street. Oh, wow. Wait, well, let's see. Um, on Sesame Street multiple times, but I don't think she was ever on the Muppet Show. No. Huh. I feel like maybe I'm remembering her on Sesame Street. Does it say what bit she did or whatever? Uh, saying, I got you, babe, uh, with a scared land of gorge sketch on Saturday Night Live. That's not it. Uh, appeared in Sesame Street inserts as a little girl in season seven. Hmm. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, uh, there there are a few. There I wonder few. why they all like dropped out. I mean, it's interesting because it does seem like there was a an attempt to get some bigger names, and then they dropped out. So it's like it's almost like Frank Oz was like, "Well, this was the reason." Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Interesting. No, I you know I I don't. I think he had to just explain it, and and I. They ended up really with mostly Broadway people, right? Uh, you know, everybody really, except that they were like an Ed Koch or something like that, uh, were a Broadway person. Uh, whereas, you know, Steve Martin, Dustin Hoffman, Michael Jackson, Lily Tomlin. Uh, well, Lily Tomlin, I guess, was on Broadway. But, um, yeah, I, I, they just went. They, I don't know what happened. I would love to know the real reason why these big names dropped out. Like, I, you would think, like, like oh, I'm going to be in a Muppet movie? Sure. You know, like, that's the thing. Yeah. It's more a now thing than it was a then thing. I don't know. I, you know, it could be anything. It could be a number of things. It could have been scheduling conflicts, all kinds of yeah. other things. So, I mean, I don't want to immediately jump to the fact that they didn't want to do it. It's probably not the case, you know. No, so. probably not. But it's just interesting to. Yeah. It is, is it, it's interesting tried. to think that, like, the dialogue of the film actually hinged on these cameos happening. And then yeah. they had to change it. Like, that's crazy to me. Well, you know, that. see, I think that speaks to what Oz was saying in that interview we talked about yesterday, because I think you do, 
when you bring in a you you have an idea you you have a character like a kind of cameo that you write in we saw this with the with the muppet movie where they would write in the idea of some of these cameos and then they couldn't find somebody to fill the 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 role so they took that part out in this case they had these kind of roles written and they were like okay this is perfect for a steve martin or dustin hoffman and then the same thing if that person doesn't end up doing it you you either got to find another person like them or rewrite rewrite it so it it makes sense like think about them writing that scene for um joan rivers and then joan rivers doesn't do it and so you find somebody else to try to do that because in you know that's, but that's interesting that's true and i agree with you but it's interesting because it's not what frank was saying like he seemed to be saying we wrote these we we cast these actors because they would be good for the parts so it it does seem mm. kind of contradictory to hear them say that they had to rewrite dialogue because they couldn't get certain actors well, anyway take the I'm obi-wan just, thing from a certain point of view yeah these yeah, yeah dropped out so you had to write new dialogue and then you found the actors that fit that new dialogue so right exactly but i'm just saying i i, I think it, i think it supports my theory that frank was being a little diplomatic in that interview mm-hmm. just saying mm-hmm. just saying nothing wrong with that um we have some credits for some muppet performers uh there's one specific uh that i do want to talk about um well actually the the muppet performers um uh not the ones i want to talk about yeah the additional muppet performers there they are it's right there so melissa whitmire um so she is the wife of uh steve whitmire and she was actually his manager as well and she did a little puppeteering herself, not too much, but she did work as a background puppeteer on several Muppet po- projects, notably as an assistant to Ka- Catherine Mullen for uh, Kira in The Dark Crystal. Uh, she also, in Rizzo's earliest appearances, uh, Melissa Whitmire would often make clothing for the character. And uh, during, and this is something we missed um, back at the, uh, uh, at the college, uh, during the opening scene from the Muppet Steak Manhattan, uh, Melissa Whitmire can be seen in the audience when Kermit thanks his fellow students. I don't think we mentioned that. In the where the big crowd was? Yeah, in the auditorium when they did their play. Yep. Right, right. Interesting. No, I don't remember seeing her, but now it's cool that we can give her a shout out. Yeah. So I wanted to uh, point that out. And plus, we've talked a lot about Steve in, in previous shows as well, too. Uh, but never Melissa. And I didn't realize his wife was also uh, uh, did some puppeteering. What did she puppeteer? Do we know? Uh, in this, uh, no, it's not shown in the credits specifically. It's so just kind of know. like mus- miscellaneous. Yeah, she's on, she's listed under additional Muppet puppeteers or additional Muppet performers. So I think it's probably just these these people are gave assists because. Uh, all the other Muppet performers had Muppets attributed to them specifically. Um, mm-hmm. but, but yeah, the people in this uh, section don't. Okay. Uh, let's see who else I wanted to talk about. Let's see. Uh, moving on to uh, the production manager, Ezra Swerdlow. Swerdlow? Swerdlow. Hmm. Let's go with Swerdlow. Uh, I'm just bringing him up because he was the producer of Spaceballs. Oh, I love that movie. Yeah. 
Um, he had a pretty good career. He went on to, he was the producer of uh, uh, Wag the Dog um, more recently. Oh, which we just right, talked about. Right, which we just referenced because of <laughs> Dustin Hoffman. Yeah. Um, but uh, he did a lot of, uh, his whole production career started, guess where? Um, where? Broadway. Oh. You're going to see a running theme here. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, did I miss somebody? Yes, I want to jump back. I'm sorry. I wanted to mention one other guy because we don't mention him this often. So uh, I don't think this name ever came up. Uh, an additional Muppet performers, uh, David Rudman. Uh, so doesn't have somebody specifically attributed to him here, but he went on to puppeteer some really, really fantastic characters. To this day, uh, he is the current puppeteer for Scooter. Janice and Cookie Monster. Oh wow! Like even like right now. That's right awesome. now. Yep. So as of this recording, anyway. So mm-hmm. he was, uh, you know. So it's interesting to see these credits. Uh, some of these credits start off as just you know additional puppeteers that don't have anything credited to them specifically. And now today, they puppeteer some of the more famous characters. So uh, just a name I was able to pick out of the crowd there. Nice. Um, and then uh, we talk about casting. So we've talked a little bit about casting and the cameos and the, um, the, the main characters and everything. Uh, no surprise why so much of the casting came from Broadway. Um, our two casting directors are Howard Fuhrer and Jeremy Ritzer. Who are the um, who run the New York-based Fuhrer and Ritzer casting agency for film, television, and theater, and they um, are mostly known for casting for theatrical productions. Well, so, that makes sense. Yeah, including uh, Noises Off, which was one I, I saw here, which is which is one of my favorite plays that was converted into a film with john ritter it was one of my favorite comedies i was gonna say that sounds familiar yeah i i loved that movie never saw the Uh play but the movie was great um so anyway they have a long extensive career casting for theater specifically in new york and then some television and film but they were brought on so you know it's really interesting that they wrote the 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 play about or the movie about um you know muppets take manhattan about the muppets putting on a broadway play but to give it a really authentic feel you know they really went out there and brought a lot of people onto the crew that were used to working in theater and, and not just the cast but the the supporting crew as well right that's I, it seems like that definitely it seems to be a theme and it paid off right i mean I everything Everything has that feel. Yeah, it's very authentic. I actually really like hearing that, that they took special care to do that. Yeah, and and it goes right down to the cameos because most of the cameos definitely came from Broadway. Right, right, right. You know, that's that's the way they decided to go with this one. And then, you know, that that really speaks to to Frank, I guess, wanting to make an authentic movie and then, you know, everything is authentic about it, bringing in certain casting directors and then we'll speak about the choreographer chris chadman uh who actually won a tony award and so he's a tony award winning 
um, you know, choreographer for Broadway. And he yeah. was brought on to be the choreographer on this film. That's cool. I like that. He actually won the Fred Astaire Award, which I'm assuming is prestigious. Yeah, uh, probably. For his choreography <laughs> for the 1992 revival of Guys and Dolls. Oh, cool. So he went on, you know, he, he, you know, obviously had a career up till this point, And then, you know, he achieved lots of great things on Broadway after Muppets Take Manhattan. But uh, why do I feel like they yeah. need to make a, a Muppets reboot of that called Frogs and Pigs? Oh, my goodness. Right. Get started on that. Doesn't that sound like one of those fake movie posters that they Outside would have Muppet up Vision 3D. in Muppet Vision 3D, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. yeah, I was I knew you were going to say that. Yeah. Yep. Anyway, moving on. Nice. Uh, and then one last name I want to bring up here in these credits. Uh, we have under costume design. We had lots of great costumes in this uh, in this film. Um, actually, we should give our final piggy count, huh? I'll have to. Oh, yeah. I'll have to well, pull that up. The, definitely by the end of the of the week, you should give us that. Uh, Callista Hendrickson was uh, one of the costume designers. And uh, one of the things she uh, uh, has under her credit, she was uh, uh, in, a, I guess, uh, an Emmy Award nominee. Unfortunately, she didn't win, but she was an Emmy Award nominee for her costume designs on Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas special. Oh, so wait, I was going to ask you, I, I'm assuming yeah. then that the costumes are referring to the costumes on the Muppets as well as on the humans. Right. I, okay. I, I, yes, yes. Because I, I don't, I, I actually, I wasn't sure. I mean, I feel like when you're designing a Muppet, you're kind of just sort of designing the costume, but I guess they have a special costume person for that. Well, because oh. isn't she, um, Calista, because I think she's the one who's credited for making Piggy's costume. I don't want to say that out of turn. In the, uh, in, in well, she was. Uh, she was Miss Piggy's costume designer and stylist um, during the Muppet Show years. I love so. that Miss Piggy has a stylist. Yeah. Like, that's just so badass to me. I love it. She's the best. Yeah. She might not be the... No, she... Yeah, okay. That's different. That's different than the one who gave Piggy her look. Um, but this is the one who gave Piggy her costume look. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah didn't design the puppet but designed all her costumes yeah so i mean that's that's huge i mean that's like you you, you know we talk about how miss piggy was a style icon fashion icon and uh she's the one who got to dress her well somebody had to make it happen i mean she yeah. is just a puppet after all so we gave jenny all the credit during the film but it's you know really Callista, right yeah well well done Callista. <laughs> Um, so I think that's all the credits I really had here um, that I wanted to pick out out of this uh, out of this group. Obviously, lots of people contributed, but you know, just pick out some here. Yeah, well, good. I'm glad you gonna. Did you read them all? Are you gonna read them all? Or I could. I mean, we don't all. have to. It's okay. It's you okay. Go read them. You can go read them. I mean, everyone knows First where director Ron Bosman. <laughs> Everyone knows where the credits are located. Right. So, yeah, we can, we, can, we can expect that from our listeners, I hope. 
Yeah, no, I'm not reading all the credits. It's funny how there's much less credits back in 1984 than there is in, in nowadays. It's like, insane how many yeah. credits. Like it's like it's like the craft service people, and then there's like 20 people, and it's like really you get to be on the credits because you brought everybody lunch. I don't yeah. know. No yeah. offense to craft service people, but like you know, it's the credits of the movie, right? Like it's just right. a little weird to me. Anyway, just you know, so, rant. Since we're talking about it, let's see. All right. So I have the total for Piggy's uh, outfits in Muppet Steak Manhattan. Do you want to take a guess? Oh, God. Um, I don't even remember the last one we said. I'm going to guess total for the whole movie. I'm going to guess 14. Close. 17. Oh, I was going to say 16, but I got a little bit more, um, you know, conservative there. Let's let's list them here. So we have the Manhattan Melodies outfit, the New York City arrival, Mr. Price's office. She had uh, something new there. Shaving guy's office. The audition polo, which I that was really the montage. Liked. A lot of yeah. lot of outfits during that montage. I I I was a big fan of the audition polo. Mm-hmm. Um, wandering New York City streets dress during the montage. The sitting on the piano dress during the montage. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pete's diner dress, which is different than her waitress dress later on. Uh, the train goodbye outfit. She had to wear something special for to leave on that train. Mm-hmm. Uh, how about her trench coat disguise? Yep. Perfume shop outfit with Joan Rivers there. Uh, Central Park outfit when she was taking that ride with uh, Kermie. Uh, her waitress uniform. Uh, search for Kermit outfit with jacket. The Manhattan Melodies costume. Uh, somebody's getting married, polka dot dress. And then, of course, her wedding dress. You know, what you didn't bring up, which I guess can considered to be a cheat, but her baby piggy outfit, does that count? Whoa. Does 18, that count? I would count that. You're yeah, right. because it's, it, she's wearing kind of like a baby piggy nightgown or something, right? You're so right. All right, wow. we got to count it. Then 19. Yeah, is that a that record? Happened. Do you actually happen yeah. to have the number of piggy outfits from previous movies Do in front? Of- Give me a second. Because I'm curious. I, I this is one of those things where I am just so impressed that they had the presence of mind to do that because they didn't do that with any other character, right? Like they don't change the outfits on anybody else, but Piggy has to. Like every day, she has to have a new amazing outfit, and she has to be very transformative. And I love it. I love that about Piggy. Has to be in here, right? <laughs> well, you know what? You oh, can always find no, it and let us know uh, tomorrow. Yeah. 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 I I do want to know that, so uh, people can stay tuned. That can be something to stay tuned for. The comparison of piggy outfits among all of the original Muppet movies. I love it. All right. So uh, we do have plenty more for you this week. Lots more credits. Let's see how long the New York skyline stays on the credits. Do you think it's going to stay there through minute 95? I don't know. Maybe it disappears in minute 93. Let's see. Let's find out (laughs) on the edge of our seats as we come back tomorrow for minute 93 of Muppets Minute.